then we're able to view God through the lens through which he should be viewed. Not through the lens of our earthly fathers, because our earthly fathers are just like us. They're Mm -hmm. flawed. They're finite. Mm -hmm. They have issues. (laughs) You know, but God is, he's infinite. Mm -hmm. He's perfect. Mm -hmm. He's holy. He does not, thank you, Jesus, have any issues. (laughs) Welcome to More Than Small Talk. We're Susie Eller, Jennifer Watson, and Holly Gerth writers and real life friends. We're inviting you to go deeper, become freer and feel more connected. So imagine you have a cup of coffee, a mug of tea or a green smoothie in your hand and we're all hanging out in your favorite place together. More than small talk friends, we're excited to be with you today. And we are doing a little mini series on relationships. We thought February, March would be a good time to do that. So we have Kia Stevens with us today. And Susie, tell us more about our friend Kia that we love so much. Okay, there's just so much. Kia Stevens is the founder of Entrusted Women, which she created to equip Christian women communicators of color. She's a contributing writer for iBelieve.com, Beloved Women, Proverbs 31 Ministries, and Crosswalk. And she's a reoccurring speaker as she speaks the Beloved Women's Conference and the Entrusted Women's Conference. Her writing has been featured in a lot of places, but what I want to say about Kia is her heart has also been shared in a lot of places. She is a woman who comes alongside other women and cheers them on, which is my favorite kind of friend. So welcome, Kia, to More Than Small Talk. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so glad you guys are having me. (laughs) Well, you've been on the list for a long time. I want to just jump in. You wrote a book called Overcoming Father Wounds, Exchanging Your Pain for God's Perfect Love. Okay, I've known you for, I don't know how many years, long time. A long time. (laughs) A long time. And one of the things that I want to know just from the the beginning for those who are listening, what is a father wound? Sure. Well, you know, when you Google search father wound, you're going to see that it's synonymous with father absenteeism. But really, you need to unpack that because father absenteeism can look a lot of different ways. It could be by way of divorce, abandonment, abuse, incarceration, drug addiction, an affair, a physically present father, but an emotionally absent one. Mm -hmm. It could be a premature death. Um, And I also think in terms of father absenteeism, sometimes that father is sitting right there in front of your face, but then At the dinner table, they may say, oh, you look a little bit heavy in that. Have you picked up some weight or or they may compare you to another woman or to your sister or they may say something that lodges itself inside of your heart and stays with you for 20 years, 30 years, your entire lifetime. So Mm -hmm. it's not just that the father is absent, but what we know a father should be uh, to their daughter, they're not that. And so that creates a painful a wound, for lack of a better word, that lodges itself in the heart of a woman. So I think we also need to look at um, father absenteeism, father wounds as, as what was done to you, what happened to you in your relationship with your earthly father. Mm-hmm. 
That's good, Kia. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your story, how this all began for you and your your father wounds? I'm sure there's a lot there, but if you can unpack a little for us so we can have that context as we get going, that'd be great. Sure. So uh, I knew I wanted to write about this topic when I was in high school, which is kind of crazy. And I started a book. It was called The Void. And it was about this kind of neediness that was on the inside of me. So I was working on it off and on throughout college. And then I discovered this term, father wounds. I I think Oprah had a a whole life class on it. Oprah's daddyless daughter life class. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is me. And then I was doing some counseling, too. And I was saying, "Okay, I have an issue with my father. That's what that void is. That's what that ache is. That's what that neediness is. Um, So it kind of started there. And God, I, I believe, you know, took me on a journey. I'm so grateful that he didn't give it all to me at one time. He didn't show me all of my dysfunction at once because I probably would have passed out and never woken up. But then there was another time when I was in the dorm room of a friend and she said, I made that bookshelf with my dad. She motioned to a bookshelf that was in her room and it hit me like a ton of bricks because it wasn't just that she made the bookshelf with her dad. It was that she had a relationship with her father that enabled her to do that. And y'all, it was all I could do to get out of that room before I boo hoo hooed and did a complete Mm -hmm. ugly cry. Uh, And from there, that set me on this journey to try and build a relationship with my biological Mm -hmm. father. I thought that I could just write a letter, tell him everything that he missed, and just add water and stir, right? (laughs) 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 You know, it's that easy. Bada bing, bada bang. (laughs) That is not what happened. I learned a whole lot about people and not being able Mm -hmm. to change them and acceptance and decisions and a lot of hard growing up. And then also processing who God was to me in the process. And how does God speak to the heart of a woman who's been wounded by her biological father? And then you went from your story to talking to other women about this. And you talk about in your book how you even did a survey or still doing a survey, right? It's ongoing. So I think you said 99% of the women who took the survey said they have a father wound that may have changed if you're still collecting data. But I would love for you to share some of what have you learned from other women through that survey about father wounds, too? Well, I think the number one thing that I've learned is that I'm not alone, Mm. which I think is is poignant and it it should be shouted from the rooftops because oftentimes women who have a father wound, they're over there on their little solo island suffering by themselves in silence because you don't know who you can tell or who you can trust or who you can say this happened to me. But that survey in in large part was saying this is happening to a lot of women. It's Mm -hmm. happening to a lot of women in the church. They're suffering in silence. Uh, They're repeating some of the things in their subsequent relationships. So many of the women uh, were raising kids that did not have fathers. But then Mm -hmm. also when they took a look back, some of their mothers and their fathers were not fathers. So Mm -hmm. that's also telling 
Um, you saw in- information about their relationships, their struggles with men, their struggles with God as their heavenly father, mm-hmm. their struggles to forgive. So, so many uh, threads, common threads, you begin to see when you collect the survey data. Uh, and I, I started to do that because I felt like I would need that data. Uh, but then along the way, as I'm looking at this data, I'm realizing, you know what? These are not just numbers on a page. These are people. These are women with hearts that are broken, that that have struggled for years. And it really lit a fire under me. Uh, I have desired to take this message to the world and and to encourage the hearts of, of women and say, you're not alone. There is hope. God is a healer. He does care. He does have a word for women who have father wounds. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. And I love um, how you're talking about at the beginning, how the title was void, because that is really what it is, right? There's that hole that you want that relationship and people think, oh, like can kind of dismiss it. But those relationships are pivotal. And I love how you talk about um, we can sometimes equate our view of God, the father to our earthly father. And I would love for you to speak into that and to the woman who is having a hard time connecting with God because she thinks that he's just like the father that wounded her, that left a void in her heart. That's, you know, maybe really disappointed her. Yeah. You know, and the funny thing is I actually discovered this quote in a secular uh, article from the Washington post that says sociologists believe that it's common for people to perceive that their father is like their biological father or the fatherly figure in their lives. And I was like, you know, we need to take note of this. If this is being mentioned in a, a secular um, a medium, then there's something to this. And uh, as I did some additional counseling through my church, they really unpacked it and said, you know, if you had a distant father, you could perceive that God is distant. Mm -hmm. Or if you had an abusive father, you could perceive that or dominant or passive or aloof or, or doesn't even know that you're there, just not involved at all. You can begin to view God, your heavenly father through the lens of your biological father. But the beautiful thing about the Lord is that he has packed his word with so many attributes of who he is. You can see his attributes as he engages with um, different people in the Bible. For example, Hagar. I love how Hagar runs away from her mistress, Sarai, and from Abram. She has probably feeling used and, and mistreated, and she's out in the desert, and then God comes and finds her. He comes and looks for her. She doesn't have to look for God. And then at the end of that whole passage of scripture, she says, you are El Roy. You are the God that sees me. Mm-hmm. That is a perfect attribute for women with father wounds, that God sees us. Whatever we've struggled with, wherever we're hurting, wherever we find ourselves as a result of what we've experienced, as a result of trying to thrive and trying to survive and trying to heal ourselves and, and trying to uh, function with our dysfunction, wherever you are, God is saying, I see you. But not only does he say, is he a God who sees, he's a God who can be trusted. He is a righteous God, a holy God, a loving God, an accessible God, mighty God. He is, he is wonderful. He is a perfect heavenly father. Uh, So I think the challenge is to trust him, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to Mm -hmm. trust that what he's saying is actually true 
and that it is greater than the lies that we feed ourselves, that it's greater than what we see, which what we might see might feel like isolation and loneliness and solitude and that he's aloof and he's not listening. But if we allow ourselves to trust the word of God and believe that God is who he has revealed himself to us as then we are slowly but surely over time with lots and lots of reminders and repetition and and going back to the word when we're doubting, when we're confused, when we're not sure, when we think we're crazy, then we're able to view God through the lens through which he should be viewed, not through the lens of our earthly fathers, because our earthly fathers are just like us. Mm -hmm. They're flawed. They're finite. Mm -hmm. They have issues, (laughs) you know, you know, but God is, he's infinite. He's perfect. Mm -hmm. He's holy. He does not, thank you, Jesus, have any issue. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that is, it's a challenge because God made us as thinking beings. He made us as, as people who process. And if, if you're like me, you have a, an, an overly active processor. <laughs> that <laughs> would be minute, me. What about this? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. And how can this logically be true for God to be a heavenly father to me? And I don't have anything to compare it to. And it doesn't make sense. Is this really, really true? Yeah. But that's not faith. Logic is not faith. So we have to uh, abandon our logic and take a risk on this God that is saying, I can be a heavenly father to you. Yeah. You know what? I I loved chapter four. It's called Wrestling with the Real. <laughs> and one of the quotes that you had in there is sometimes courage requires a willingness to stand out when you'd rather blend in. Now, I I know you. Like I've known you for a long time and I know the journey that this message has taken because I remember you and I talking and you saying I'm talking to whether it was editors or agents or whoever and they were saying, "Hey, that's awesome that you have that message, but what if you wrote about this instead?" And you stayed true, Kia, to this message. You you came back and said, nope, this is the message I'm supposed to be writing. What does this quote mean in the life of a woman who really doesn't want to stand out, doesn't want to address these type of things, and yet God is calling her to healing and to come alongside other women? What would you say to that woman? Sure. Uh, I would say, honey, I get it. <laughs> I get it and I've done it. Uh, it's so much easier to wear a mask. Yeah. To say, I'm fine. Yeah. How are you doing today, Sister Kia? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm I'm doing great. Everything is wonderful. Kids are good. I'm good. My emotions are good. My thoughts are good. God is on the throne. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, he is. Yeah, it's harder to say. You know what? All those things are true, but I'm hurting. Yeah, my heart is broken. Yeah, I have this issue that I've been wrestling with for years, and it's real. I, and it's real. I'm ashamed. I'm embarrassed. 
I it's impacted my marriage. Mm -hmm. It's impacted my kids. It's impacted my self-esteem. It's impacted how I view myself. It's impacted my femininity. That is hard. Yeah, that is hard. But that is the road to healing. Yeah, that is the road to healing. True, genuine, bona fide, ugly, yucky, don't want to deal with it. Healing. (laughs) That is the road. God has said he's come that we might have abundant life. Right. That we might know freedom. Yeah. So in reality, if we choose the mask, we're actually choosing bondage. If we choose to mask who what we're what's really going on in the inside, we're tying up the Holy Spirit's hands. We're tying up God's hands. He's unable to work in our lives because we've refused to acknowledge what's really going on in our hearts. And what a tragedy, what a tragedy, because there's so much more on the other side of acknowledgement of saying, you know what? I'm not okay. And I want to say, you know, I'm keenly aware that someone has taken a risk. Someone that's listening is probably saying, I did take a risk. Mm -hmm. And I shared this in my small group. Or I shared this with a trusted person at church and they took advantage of me or they dismissed me or they didn't have the capacity to handle the weight of the pain and the sorrow that I shared with them. Let me first say, I am so sorry. Mm -hmm. I am so sorry that that happened to you, but that is not a reflection of who God is. Right. The word of God says to cast all your anxiety on the Lord. Because he cares for you. Psalms 147 and 3 says, he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. I love that there's an S on wounds. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I love that. However many wounds we discover in our life, but we have to be courageous. We have to take another step. We have to invite the Holy Spirit into our healing journey. That's what it means to me, Susie. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah, this is so Mm -hmm. good. Like we could talk with you for days. So I could talk with you for days. Talker. I would love if you could just share one practical way women could get started on doing this journey and going for healing, because this is a lot and it can seem overwhelming. So how would you encourage them to start? The easiest way to start would be just just that, to acknowledge. Acknowledge that I have an issue. And then I would recommend them to purchase the book, not just because I wrote it, but at the end of each chapter, there are reflection questions for you to unpack in your own way, at your own speed, in your own time. So if you want to do one question a day, Or if you want to do one question and then go do an ugly cry and curl up in the fetal position, you know, and and until you're ready to come back out, if you wanted to do it with a friend and say, hey, could you go through this book with me? I, I would recommend that. I would also say start on your knees. Because the Holy Spirit is a wonderful counselor. You know, I was in the process of trying to get myself a new counselor. And I was just dreading it because it feels like online dating, even though I never did. You have to to read through the bios and you have to kind of look them up, look at their credentials and try to figure out 
who's going to be a good fit for me and my my personality. Right. Right. But we don't have to do that with the Holy Spirit. He knows everything about us. Thank goodness. He is highly qualified. Right. He has the right words to say. He's gentle. He's kind. He's compassionate. He knows our Enneagram and our our disc profile and Myers-Briggs, all of that. Uh, So when we start on our knees and we invite God into this healing journey with us, he takes the lead. We don't have to fret and worry and figure it out and plan out our days and, and, and try to research a counselor. God will do the heavy lifting. I would even say that acknowledge first, then get on your knees. And then I do encourage you to get the book. (laughs) But um, if you start with God that you can't go wrong there. Yeah. So as we wrap up, how can they get the book? Sure. You can go wherever books are sold. Certainly you can go on my website, um, www.kiastevens.com forward slash books. And you can find all the retailers there or just do a Google search. Overcoming Father Wounds, Exchanging Your Pain for God's Perfect Love, and you will find it. Yeah. Well, friend, we love you. And I feel like there are a lot of women today that took a deep breath with you. And um, thank you for being a part of this conversation today. Thank you for having me. And that's it for today's episode. Thanks for going deeper, becoming freer, and connecting with us. More Than Small Talk is a part of the KLRC Podcast Network and is produced by Kara Culver. Show notes and resources are available on the More Than Small Talk page on klrc.com. You can also join us in our Facebook group. Subscribe to More Than Small Talk on your favorite app so you won't ever miss an episode.